So how do you create serious wealth at business exit? Well, let's learn that today and do a deep dive into this area with a man who has experienced exactly how to do that. James Circus, he's a self-proclaimed serial entrepreneur. He loves to buy, build, and sell businesses. And what's more, he's relatable. He believes that if he can do it, you can do it. He's driven, he's hungry, he's obsessed with business, and he's about to share with you some secret ingredients on how to build your wealth. Remember to hit follow on this podcast and subscribe to the Business Excellence channel on YouTube. Let's do this. James, what is an entrepreneur? What is an entrepreneur? Um, a driven, hungry, obsessed individual. Right. Is that a good description of you? Um, yeah, I would agree with that, yeah. Driven, hungry, obsessed. Obsessed about what? Um... I would say obsessed with success, obsessed with achieving, building things, yeah, making money. So an entrepreneur is someone that's driven, someone that's hungry, that someone's obsessed by success. There's, there's arguably a lot of people out there. Why, why does some not succeed? Um, I guess it's having the courage and the conviction to actually go for it. A lot of people... We'll have a good idea, have a good plan, think about it and procrastinate for a few months, a few years and not actually execute their plan. Intentions there, the, the attention's not there. Yeah, sure. Execution of the planning. Yeah. So what is it that you do? What I do now? Yeah. Um, I'm part owner of eight businesses at present. Right, so interesting. Brad Sugar says an entrepreneur is not someone who owns one business, that's a business owner. Yeah. An entrepreneur is someone that has got a portfolio of businesses, several businesses, and they're doing deal-making all over the time. So you fall under that category. Yeah. Yeah, I had uh, my first business I started 15 years ago now um, and did just stick with that first business for probably five years. Um Ended up selling that business, which we'll get into, I'm sure. But then realized that having multiple businesses would give me multiple revenue streams. Did you always know you wanted multiple businesses? Um, not to start with, no. No, when I started. What changed? Uh, well, I started in my late 20s and it was just to, to get out of employment and, and run my own business, basically. But then what changed to, to want multiple business? I guess the excitement of multiple businesses, the involvement of, of, of actually being involved in those businesses. What are you most excited about when it comes to business? Um, always getting to the next level. Always trying to grow those businesses. Growth, progression. Yeah. Anything else? Making money. Yeah. I think proudly as well, yeah? Yeah. I mean, that, that's one thing that when I look at you, you know how to do. Thanks. What, what's the secret? To making money yeah um well i go back to to what i said about an entrepreneur the drive to actually to drive each of those businesses to make as much money as as possible building that business to to look as good as possible so it's making you as much money as possible something i learned with my first business which i sold is and i've continued in my other businesses since is build every business as if you're going to sell it 
because if it's sellable and it looks right for sale, it's probably making you as much money as it'll ever make you. Yeah, which was, that was a life-changing amount of money that you made on that. So that that business, I know you said we were going to talk about it, so let's do it now. I mean, the business that you sold, sold for 47 multiples. Is that correct? It did, yeah. So how on earth did you sell a business for 47? Because that's the dream for a lot of people. Yeah, um, so going back, I think I was two or three years into the business and we'd grown very quickly. We were turning over couple of million pounds after 18 months yes. um we had a good stable business but it, it wasn't under control um i i remember it well one friday afternoon um i'd kind of given up this business was controlling my life i wasn't controlling the business um i went home where i had an office in the garden and uh, i actually googled business help because i felt like i needed help i was probably too proud to go to to go to friends or family. Right. My dad ran his business, but I was too proud to say I was in chaos in the business. Didn't really want to go to friends, so. Were you stressed? Oh yeah, massively stressed. Working 18 hour days, six, seven days a week, hardly seeing my kids. It, yeah, my, my health was suffering as a result. Um, so I Googled business help and uh, came across a guy called Lucas Vigilante. Yeah. You know, obviously. Yeah. Mr. Inspiration. Mr. Inspiration. Um, Lucas was an action coach who I hadn't heard of at the time. Um, called Lucas and uh, asked what he was about, what he did. Um, he claims he was around the corner, so could meet me for a coffee. I think he quickly jumped in his car to come and meet me when he heard the story. So we met for a coffee. Um, that was a Friday afternoon. And then I think it was the Monday or the Tuesday, Lucas came into the office. We sat and chatted. And it was, uh, I guess it was like going to the doctor when, you, when right. you're seriously ill and you suddenly feel better by speaking to somebody, right. uh, unloading some of the problems. Lucas came in and worked with the business for, probably for six months he was fighting fires with me and explaining to me everything I'd done wrong. After the six months of getting the business in good order, we really went on a, on a growth charge. Lucas was working with the sales and marketing team and we grew the business year on year for the next, I would say three years, um, to the point where we would turn over I think probably 15 million. Um, Lucas, Over a three-year period, three to four. Uh, 15 million a year after yeah. probably three or four years, yeah. Um, Lucas challenged me what my aim was with the business and I said, well, it's, it's paying me a nice amount of money and I don't know, that's about it really. Yeah. And he said to me, well, do, do you want to sell the business? I said, well, yeah, that would be like a, a pipe dream, but I don't know where to start. So... Yeah, we probably spent the next six to 12 months talking about selling the business and actually going looking for a buyer for the business. Um, we had the perfect buyer in that we, uh, we were a freight forwarding business uh, working with Asia and I ended up selling the business to my uh, Hong Kong Chinese partner that was working with at the time. They needed to grow their UK setup and they were the perfect buyer basically. So with Lucas, we got the business into perfect shape to sell it, which is obviously one of the things Action Coach does. Um, and yeah, just uh, we, we managed to get a quite incredible multiple because they saw it as a great business and uh, just beat Brad Sugars on his best multiple, I believe. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So, so you're a competitive man as well. So you had to throw that one in there, didn't you, Brad? Um, all right. So, some of the things that you did to increase the value of the business was was profound. Actually, one of them was winning awards. You actually started to win a lot of awards. 
and that recognition in the industry you said you attribute to getting you a lot of multiples yeah that was a was a huge help we we won a number of awards in um the action coach BizX arena yeah uh, we won some local business awards um the ones i think really made a difference were the industry awards we right. we won the um the best sea freight and the best customer service provider in the big shipping awards um uh and the buyers of your business in the end there was acutely aware of that as well like i actually conveniently invited them to one of the award ceremony <laughs> in the hope that we would win an award and we did and actually the guy one of the guys that was there from the buyer when we got announced as a winner, he said, well, that's just, uh, I guess you've just put another million pound on your price tag there with that win. Yeah. Well, there's method in madness there. And since you did that, I've told that story so many times. Yeah. It's a, go for awards. I mean, you know, anybody listening to this today, I would say to them, if there's industry awards, local awards, BizX awards, the more, it's better to, to be selling an, or, or, or owning an award winning company yeah. than a company that's not award winning. So yeah, chase them. Yeah, and it increases the value of your business. And the other f funny thing is, the more awards you win, the more awards you win. Yeah. You won yeah, lots of awards. Yeah. yeah, we did, yeah. Unfortunately, they sold as part of the business. Yeah. I only managed to keep the personal ones. But yeah, we did. We won a lot of awards. But you still won them at the time. So you are you can still claim victory for winning those awards, yeah? Yeah. And you, you were the owner of the business at the time that, that they won the awards. A couple of other things that you did was planning you had five year strategic plans in place you had historic plans as well and you put down the plan you know for the next five years to to the buyers as well didn't you and that that helped you again get more yeah we had a we had a written five-year business plan documented which is actually believe it or not reasonably rare in business ownership yep i'm i'm fully aware you know was when i, when I I get a lot of opportunities to invest in other people's businesses. One of the first thing I ask for is to see the business plan. And I would say 95% of businesses don't have a proper business plan. We had a 50 page documented business plan that we gave to the people that ended up buying our business. This is where we're going. This is how we're going to get there. And it wasn't just a set of numbers. This is what we're going to do in the next five years. It was a you had, you had some historic plans in there as well from the last year. We did. Yeah. Before, yeah. yeah. Did that historic planning also help? Add cloud to the yeah it is it, it showed that the the future plan we had wasn't just fictional it was you know the the fact that we had history to it as well there was actually method to what we'd put ahead to, for the projected next five years yeah fantastic story by the way so, I mean look you you walk in the talk here you're a real business owner you've got eight businesses now excluding the one that you've sold. What are the lessons that you took from selling that that you've put into place with the with the eight? The lesson from selling. I mean, okay, so we ended up in a. I ended up leaving that business. I was meant to remain for five years, um, employed by the people I sold to. I ended up remaining for three years. I guess my probably personally my biggest lesson was that I'm unemployable. I couldn't go and work for somebody else now. Um, but no, I mean, I guess the, 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 the main lesson is just absolutely build every business that I've got now to sell it. One, one of my businesses that I started about a year ago, it's just a, it's a local sunbed shop. I'm, I'm building that now as a business to plan to sell in five years. We've only got one site at the moment, hopefully going to be opening more soon. But that business is being built all around the numbers so that I can sell it to a, 
a national business. What involvement do you have in the businesses day to day? Very little. I play a lot of golf. Um, I have a phone. I do have a laptop. It doesn't go on very often. But I have a phone. Everything is reported on the phone. Um, I guess I coach the businesses. I've got a, I've got a manager, a, a senior manager in each of the businesses, a jockey on the horse, if you like, um, somebody that's doing all the hard work. And I steer them. You know, I, don't get me wrong. I speak to most of them on a daily basis. Um, as long as the numbers are in order and we're heading in the right direction, all of which I can see on my phone on a daily basis, then I'm not actually in the businesses very much. You may be aware of this. You may, you might not be aware. I mean, this is how it looks from me, obviously, because uh, I know some of your background. I know your personality and your style. But one thing that you've always had since I've ever met you is speed of communication, literally. So when you said that, I've got a phone, you communicate really fast. And second of all, you, you're also a direct communicator. What impact do you think that's, that has on other people around you? I think that's positive. I think, you know, if uh, when we finish this in an hour, the first thing I'll do is look at my phone. I will have business-related messages. I'll reply to them straight away. I think it gives the, the the people that are working for me, the jockeys on the horses, if you like, they get immediate responses from me whatever time. Well, not, well, not immediate, very fast responses from me whatever time of day or night. I think that encourages them. So you don't do anything in the business. Would you say that's the biggest thing that you do, speed of response? Yeah, quick decision making. I would say that's one of my strengths. Yeah, interesting. Quick decision making. Yeah, because you you where do you get that decisiveness from? How does someone go and develop that? I, I don't know if you can develop that. I mean, I think that's you, maybe you're born with that. But I could you could take you could take a half an hour, an hour a day to decide over something. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Some deci- some decisions I will step back if it's a big decision selling a business or something like that, I'll step back and consider it. But if it's a day-to-day operational decision to make in the business, yeah, just, just make it and be, yeah, I think you've got to know you're making the right decision. Do you know what? Stephen Bartlett shared at uh, BizX this year. He, he shared this concept of a reverse decision. He says most decisions are reverse decisions, which means this, if you decide and you don't like it, you can back out. Of course, yeah. He says most, of, most decisions are that. Yeah. So... If anything's a reverse decision, just decide, just go with it. And the speed of, I mean, is how many decisions do you reckon you make a day? In business? Yeah. Tens. I don't know how many exactly, Tens. but yeah. Yeah. I mean, not hundreds, but you know, I've, I've made a few in the car on the way driving to you today. Um, do you like being in decision-making mode? You get a hit from that? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, I'd never thought of that, but yeah, subconsciously, I guess I do. Yeah. Is that is that like a dopamine hit? You feel like you're on it. You feel like you're sharp. You feel like, boom, I'm moving forward. Yeah, yeah. I mean, making, you know, yesterday I've got a business down in Bristol that we're rebranding, relaunching at the moment. There, there was four of us on the call. I led that call. Yeah, I got off that call. How long was the call? Half an hour max, I'd say. That's you all over, isn't it? I've got short attention span. After an hour, you know, it's good job this is only an hour today. After that, I start losing attention. <laughs> but it's just, it's not, it's not like you're the style of person that's just like direct, brash. During the half an hour, you're also probably having some fun. Yeah, we did have a lot of fun on that call yesterday, yeah. But you made yeah. a lot of laughs. How do you get to the decision so fast? 
okay, I wouldn't say I always make the decision. I think one strength I have is actually, let's take the sunbed shop of open for an example. The manager in there comes from a sunbed shop background. She's much, much better in the job than me. So she'll call me for a decision and I'll, I'll actually reverse the, the, what do you think? I'll ask her what her opinion is because I'm not actually too sure she'll give her opinion yeah. and I'll go with that. Yeah, that sounds good to me. You convinced me, do it. Yeah, exactly. Be it. Sometimes employees need that level of trust and reassurance and um, yeah. take her for instance, what's her name? Lola. Lola. How did she feel after that call? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure she's infused because she's actually made the decision. She's got my approval and it's going to be executed. Does that happen every day with all your businesses? Um, I would say no, not every business every day, but it happens a lot, yeah. So one of your, is one of your roles in your business to, to increase the speed of decisions? I think, I just, you know, I'm thinking about the answer now and I, I'm thinking this probably, a lot of this came from Lucas as well. He could see an ability in that I could make decisions. Yeah. I would go, in the early days, I would call Lucas and say, oh, I've got this decision to make. What do you think? And he would say, well, no, what do you think? I'd give my answer and he'd say, maybe he didn't have a clue, but he'd say, yeah, sorry, Lucas. Um, but he'd say, absolutely, yeah, go with it. That's a great decision. And you feel, you feel reassured that you're making the right decision. So, yeah, quite possibly I developed it from there, from the early days of coaching as well. Right. So in your opinion, this is the Business Excellence Podcast, yeah? Yeah. What is business excellence? What is excellence in business? Not only financial results, but whatever the business is, if you're financially profitable and offering a, an amazing customer experience, and that goes back to how we started the, the podcast, financially profitable business that's offering an amazing customer experience is a highly sellable business. Right. Are they the two things to focus on? I'm going to throw, so, yeah. I'm going to throw yeah. a third one in marketing, which you're also a bit of a... I, I don't want to say a marketing guru, but you love marketing. Yeah. I think if we go back... We're going back quite a few years. You know, I'm not I'm not quite fully au fait on social media marketing, etc. Yeah, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about traditional marketing. Acquiring yes. customers. Yes. Yeah, but it, that, that will come into... The profitable business. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. We'll, we'll add that as a third, yeah. It will. We'll, uh, but let's put it as, uh, oh, this is making the business profit. Profitable sales. Yeah. Cost of making customer experience amazing, is what you said, and profitable sale, sales. That's the key to business excellence from James Circus himself. What's the first step then in moving toward business excellence? Yeah, marketing to get your sales, to get your clients. Right. Um, all right, so censor whatever you want to censor. So this entirely up to you. How did you make marketing so fun in the business you sold? So we we were running a freight forwarding business, which has thousands of competitors in the UK. Yep. Uh, so right, for everyone who's listening right now, ridiculously competitive industry. Ridiculously competitive industry, yeah. So everybody's competing on price, Every, everybody's competing on price, but everyone's buying at about the same price. Nobody owns ships. Nobody owns aircraft. We're all a middleman, effectively. Yeah. So, irrespective of industry, people can relate to this by competitiveness in the marketplace, right? Beautiful. Yeah. So, everybody, every freight forwarder 
bombard potential clients with emails, phone calls, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Um, working with Lucas, he, he could take some of the credit or blame for this. Um, we had to do something a little different. So we did, we ran a, and I believe this absolutely still would work today, even though we are probably, what, eight years down the line. Um, I absolutely believe this has worked today. We ran a, a lumpy mail campaign, which some of your listeners may or may not know of working with action coaches, um, whereby we sent clients slash potential clients um, a number of gimmicky objects in the post to try and attract their attention. Um, we ran the campaign every fortnight for six or seven times. Um, we'd post small things in the post to these people under a, a package box with a proper delivery label that it was from a freight forwarding company. And that won us a big number of clients. Yeah. That was Did that make you did that strategy alone make you millions of pounds? Yes. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. That was the by far and away the best marketing campaign we ran. We were running the normal you email marketing campaign, social media, et cetera, et cetera, but it was far the most successful. So you used to do the send it out every two weeks, yeah? Yeah. Did did you used to meet every week as a marketing team or every fortnight? Every week. Yeah. On a Monday morning we'd have a uh and sales and marketing meeting and then Lucas would meet the sales and marketing team on a Tuesday. And some of the things he used to say was like, what are we going to say next? Yeah. And he started getting a bit crazy. We did have some fun. Yeah, there were some fun times. Yeah, I mean, what kind of stuff were you sending out? I mean, there were, there were, there were I've got images of you guys just, I mean, rolling on the floor in laughter. Yeah, literally, yeah. It's in fun. the marketing meeting. Yeah. Yeah, we sent out some, we'd start with a, a methodical campaign where we'd send somebody uh, like a personalized Kit Kat, for yeah. example. And I think that's something that's actually been moved into Action Coach yeah. now, isn't it? A personalized Kit Kat about their freight requirements. So, what does it say on the front? Gem Circus? No, no, it would say, I can't you know it's so long, yeah. I can't remember what it says, but it would have been quick a chat. It would have been quick chat. That was just something like a, a catchy slogan to yeah. And then, then we'd send them a sachet of coffee, have a coffee while you think about your freight requirements. Yeah. And then, we were running this, we invested a fair amount of money, but the money came back a hundredfold. Um, and then we, we'd been doing this for, I don't know, six, 12 months, and we decided to actually go more bespoke for, for certain clients. We'd send, you know, you know, an importer of golf equipment, we'd send them something golf-related. And then we started to, it really got carried away, and we... Uh, we actually targeted, uh, we decided to in target importers of uh, sex toys. Yeah. Shall I carry on? Yeah, this is the bit that I said, we might well censor, but there you go. So we were targeting a sex toy importer, yeah? Yeah, I mean, it's a big, it's a big import trade. It comes from Asia and right. it's, a, it's a big trade. You know, many, many containers a year bought yeah. in. So we decided to uh, actually buy the, the largest phallic object we could find in the marketplace, which I think was about 20 inches long. Right. And had uh, had laser etched on it, um, are you being screwed by your current freight company? And sent this in the post to the import manager of a very large... Did you get any complaints? No, they absolutely loved it and we won business from it. Because of humour? It, it was, yeah. It was like light-hearted, yeah. good fun business. But yeah, but that's the point, isn't it, there? It's it's not it's not crude, it's, not, it's a bit of fun... It's lighthearted humor, and that won you a lot of business. How, how much do you reckon in pounds that campaign generated? That that one particular account? Yeah. 
hundreds of thousands. Yeah, that would have generated a lot of business for us. Yeah, yeah uh, but that's one account. Did you? Yeah, yes, no, no, no. So I, I, by the time I sold the business, um, I would estimate that probably, probably half our turnover came from companies we targeted via this lumpy mail campaign. Yes, and the other half came from word of mouth. Yeah, recommendations. Yeah, I mean, anything else? No, I mean they were the referral strategy. I mean that's the uh, you had lots of referral strategies in place to be fair. Yeah, so I mean, lots of referrals. Yeah, we we actively asked clients to give us referrals. We'd follow up on mm. what companies they've referred us to, and if they didn't really have an answer, that then you know that prompted people into actually giving us the referral. We'd then get that the company and the contacts name they referred us to. Um, because we did offer a great service. Now, I'm sure everyone listening here and every business owner claims they offer a great service. We were in a very crowded field of thousands of competitors. You, we had to offer a great service to, to stand out and grow as quickly as we did. You know, you hear this all the time, don't you? Most marketing doesn't work. The best marketing is consistent marketing. And that lumpy mail experience that you just gave us, you actually did that for years, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we ran it uh, probably. You were running that up until you left. Well, I, I struggled to run it once we'd sold to the Chinese company. They didn't really understand the didn't money the to cap. grow as much, though, did they? No, they, they didn't want us to grow as much, but B, they couldn't really get their head around sending things like I mentioned in the post to people. Yeah, it was a. You didn't just culture. send that, you, you, but you, at one point you sent a three foot carrot. We did, yes, yes. Which was, look, we're definitely dangling the carrot. We are we'll dangling the carrot. At another yes. point, you sent right arms in the post. We sent right arms. I'd give, yeah. That was one that. I'm not going to claim credit for that one. I got that one from Brad Sugars. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd give my right arm for a meeting with you. We managed to source somehow. I think it was on eBay. Fifty mannequins, right arm. So these these things were being posted out in a box this big, as long as your arm, basically. And I would say ninety percent of people absolutely loved it with stitches of laughter. And then then you actually bring them down. You say, "Well, can I have that meeting then?" And they're going to say, "Well, yeah, I guess you can." The effort you've gone to. Of course you can come and meet me. Do you, think, do you think humor and fun, that was the key to your success in this? Yeah. I mean, you've got to have fun in business. Thinking outside the box. Yeah. Being creative in marketing. Absolutely. Yeah. You got, I mean, if you're, if you're not having fun in business, what have you got? You've got a, you've got a dull job, haven't you? Serious. Yeah, because that's you, isn't it? I mean, driven, hungry, obsessed with courage and conviction and having copious amounts of fun every single day. Yeah. yeah. Is that what you do every day? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you get, you know, ever get stressed? Um, yeah, I mean, well, no, I guess I don't know. It's a good question. I never feel stressed, but you know, so it's, there's there's times when you know things can get on top of you, and wow, I've got a lot going on here. Golf's going to have to go on the side burner for a few days, but no, not hugely stressed. I wouldn't say. What've been some of your biggest mistakes then in business? I've made a few mistakes. Uh, I made uh, an investment into a business. My bis my first business was probably only a year or two old. It was the first investment I made. It was into a building company. Um, thought this is great. I'm diversifying. I'm I'm buying fifty percent of the shares in a building company. Didn't did zero. Well, I didn't do zero due diligence, but didn't know what we were doing. Um, invested. In the end, it was probably a couple of hundred thousand. Three months later, the business had gone bust and was closed down but that said it was the best 200 grand overspent because great lesson well 
Was it to do with that almost zero due diligence? Absolutely, yeah. And we've made further investments since um, myself and what, business what, partner. Right, so that one. And we know what not to do now. Right. So what not to do is be brash, zero, almost zero. Think you know what you're doing when you've got no clue. So what kind of diligence do you do now? Um, yeah, thorough financial and legal, legal due diligence. If we're investing into something, uh, then we'll do, you know, like, I learned a lot when I sold the business. We had thorough due diligence done on our business that we sold. Um, so we now do similar on any business we invest in or start up. And just give us a high level overview of what that, because some people listening right now but might be wanting to learn from your mistakes of almost zero due diligence. What kind of legal and financial things are you looking at? Um, obviously, any any debts in the business that was the that was the big problem. There were debts hidden that we didn't right. didn't know existed. And HMRC you, debts. Yeah, you hear that all the time, don't you? Hidden debts. Yeah, which is not obvious when you're looking over some financials. So, have you got have you got an A team around you that help you with this, or do you do this yourself? Yeah, I've got a business partner. He so Rob used to be my accountant yeah working in practice um in my first business i went to rob and i've met rob you have met rob yes yeah went to rob and said yes. i need a finance director can you help me find one he did was no help but a couple of months later he came forward and said i'd like to do the role uh he came to work for me second day in the business i remember him coming to my office and said i've you've got a job here for me there's nothing for me to do two weeks later he came back pulling his hair out and said there's not enough hours in the day Rob left the business that I sold when I left it, and we're now business partners in the uh, in the air rate businesses. So, whoa. so two weeks, right? His skills don't change overnight, yeah. So two weeks before he came to the business, there's nothing here for me to do. Two weeks later, there's too much for me to do. Yeah, what changed? Had you, had you covered up a lot of stuff? No, 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 no. He'd come in as an accountant working from practice. And he'd come into an entrepreneurial business and he, he had to realize that actually he's now a finance director, not an accountant. And I was unloading everything onto him. And after two weeks, he was like, well, it's too much. But Rob is now not only a finance director, he's an entrepreneurial finance director. So everything we do, he's got control of all the bank accounts. He looks after all of the numbers. If we're going to invest in something, he'll do all the financial due, due diligence. So yeah, he's a great partner. What's his level of communication like? Good. I was talking to him on the way up here. We he's going on holiday tomorrow, but on Thursday we've got a Zoom. He's he's available whenever I need it. We'll WhatsApp. Uh, you know, like everything these days, most communications on WhatsApp. We WhatsApp each other multiple times a day, any time of day. Speed again, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh no, if he was slower, couldn't work with him. It's all you know. It's speed. Yeah. So you matched on that value of speed of communication. Yeah. WhatsApp, beautiful, isn't it for business growth? I do most of the business on WhatsApp, as I'm sure we all do now. Well, yeah, you're in decision make. When you're in decision making mode, you're feeling like you're on it. Yeah, that's what you said. Yeah, I mean, to arrange to come here and see you, we yeah. we spoke on WhatsApp. I said, no, I can't make that day. I was in New York. Yeah, you went to New What about this day? Yeah, okay, I can make that. What time? It all happened within like three or four messages. It's yeah, like, yeah. We saw James Circus style, and that that lent itself to to a conversion, didn't it? It was a yes agreement. Yeah, and. That speed, that is just so crucial in business. Why do you think more people haven't got that? What stops people getting it? I think people can be scared. Of? 
scared of making a decision which which may result in failure. Now it may. I've made some bad decisions. I'm sure you have as well. We all make bad decisions. Most of the time, a bad decision will be better than no decision. And as you said, most decisions can be reversed. Yeah. But if you make no decision, you're just going nowhere, are you? Yeah, I mean, he came up, and I shared this earlier, he came up after uh, Stephen Bartlett shared that reverse decision. I had a conversation with uh, a colleague, Andrew Qureshi, and he, he said someone had said to him, oh, missed it, I've missed out. Yeah. He was going to buy a classic car, and however much it was, relatively expensive, should I buy it, should I not? He pondered it for too long, and someone else bought it. He missed it. Yeah, if he had just bought it, even if he didn't like it, he could have sold it for exactly the same money. Or maybe a little bit more. Yeah, but by doing nothing, he's missed out, yeah. But by doing nothing, he's missed out. So, yeah, making decisions is a good thing. It is a really, really good thing. So, business excellence is about creating an amazing customer experience profit, and getting profitable sales through marketing. What's personal excellence? Personal excellence. Happiness. Being happy in your life, I believe. Um, for me, that's traveling. I like being on a holiday. Who do you travel with? Um, travel with friends, my girlfriend, um, my children who are now 18 and 13. My eldest is going traveling Southeast Asia early next year. Um, told her to expect to see a lot of me because I'm going to go and enjoy some of it. Although that's not cool having that following you around traveling. I'm just going to Bali. I said I'll be there. It's probably Cambodia as well. It's uh, yeah, I love. I just love seeing the world as much as you, possible. You know, the biggest takeaway from how we friends and influence people, Mister Carnegie, early 1900s, is the key to happiness is not fame and fortune. It's the real lasting relationships. You know, that's what you said. It's personal excellence is about happiness. Spending time with your friends, your children, your loved ones. That's what you do, yeah? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's, it's, it must be freak, freakish. Every time I WhatsApp you, you're, on, you're somewhere. I think that the time before you were in Dubai or in the, in the lounge in Dubai, I think you were once in time. You like the lounge in Dubai? Well, yes, yeah, okay. You don't do bad yourself. I mean, it's, it's not this. You, you're awake quite a bit yourself. Yeah. Yeah, but you got me into the lounge in Dubai, actually. Remember, he, he was like, James, you've not experienced a lounge until you go to the lounge in Dubai. So you like luxuries as well, don't you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean, you, you got you got to earn it, and you know, I'm forty seven years old now, and I think I've I've earned my stripes to fly business class or first class. And but it, that said, I arrange all my own travel. I know how to find a bargain, and you know, I, I'll I'll check the price of a hotel. I won't just go there. Go, I'll book that. I'll get the best deal. That's I think that's the entrepreneur in me kicking in as well. Yeah. I know how to buy the bargain. That is cool. We will we will get that bit splashed out on social platforms. I know how to find a bargain. So any other mistakes that you've made in business along the way? Um, I've made a few bad decisions around uh, people. Go on. Um, investing in people and ideas. What, what, what can we learn from on that, investing in people? How do you get the right ones? This is something we advocate in Action Coach, obviously, is is you are the average of the five people you surround yourself with. Um, I think when you're starting businesses with people or investing in people, 
they need to have the same drive and vision as as you've got. If you're if you're starting a business with someone who's happy to earn a few more pound a year than they're earning in their average job at the moment, they're not on the same path as you. And you'll start wanting to go in different directions. You know, you need people that are on the same bus as you, not a much slower bus. On the same journey, yeah? Yeah. What do you look for then to to find people that are on the same journey as you? I mean, you can see if someone's got the drive, the entrepreneurial drive that, that you've got. And are you looking for that driven, hungry, obsessed type person? Yeah, I think so. And I've, I've, I have started businesses with a few people that aren't that, and they've, they've not succeeded working together. You need to, you know, Rob, who I've spoken about, Greg, my business partner in, in three other businesses, he's absolutely on, the, on that same drive as me. He's just bought an overseas property. He's out there at the moment. Um, good luck to him. And you need people that, that want to always push on it. You know, it, I talk about the business, have the, going back to where we started, if you're, if you're with partners that want to build that business that is perfect for sale, if you sell it and you make multi-millions from it, great. If, if you don't sell it, well, you've still got a great sellable business and that will be when it's making you as much money as possible. Not everybody has that same desire of learn. Let's touch on your portfolio of businesses then. How did you come to acquire eight businesses? Was it, was it all acquisition or was there any startups? No. Um, startups with Greg, my business partner, we're in three businesses together. Uh, three, three startups? or Three startups, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but the, the, one of them has been going eight years now. Right. We've been going a considerable amount of time. Um, a second one grew out of that one. Um, and other ones have just, yeah, I've just started on my own. The most recent I mentioned is a sunbed shop, uh, not sure why really I just these things are always busy I've noticed yeah um and they're not cheap so I thought there's a an opportunity to to make some money here I live you know I live in Leon C which is it's an area where yeah I love it it's Essex yeah I know who the people that live you want to be at see the sea every day yeah exactly yeah and have a little bit of 10 minutes of holiday every day in the sun yeah every day is a holiday for you <laughs> well most days yeah yeah so mostly startups really yeah having an idea but I mean, fortunate, having been fortunate enough to sell my first business, there's some some capital to invest in starting businesses up. So the, like the sun, let's go with the sunbed one because you mentioned it a couple of times. What made you do that? What made you invest in it? You know, because you said it's always busy. But did you go and find someone? Was it well, opportunity found you? How it happened was I was going to Dubai in January. I think it was January or February. I met. This was last year. I remember thinking, looking at myself and thinking, I'm really white. I, I need to get some colour before I go to Dubai. Went to a couple of local sunbitch. Oh, God, you're going to get it now. And they were just so busy. And I thought, hold on, there's where I live, there wasn't one within a three or four mile radius. So I thought, hold on, there's an opportunity here. Let's start up a sunbed shop. Um, really? That's what it was? That's like. what it was, yeah. That's all it was, yeah. And I knew nothing, knew nothing about sunbed. How, how, how long have you had that sunbed? business we opened in december last year and how is it doing it's doing well yeah it's uh it's it's just turning a profit now it's taken six months to get there but we keep heading in the right direction is i made the customer experience great it's you know it, it, the everybody comes and goes wow this is by far the best sunbed shop i've ever been to we probably invested double what we could have but the experience for people coming there they're all coming back there are, everyone's coming now. Everyone's people, coming. people are fascinated by you. <laughs> before you just said there, uh, nice marketing. 
the best Superbird experience anyone could possibly ever have. Possibly ever ask for, yeah. There, there we go. All right, I got, I've got some quick questions for you. Go. What's your favourite book? Tony Adams' autobiography. Oh, well, that's because you're a big Arsenal fan. Big Arsenal fan, but everything he's been... You've been a season ticket holder for how long? 25 years. And what's your emotion in the experience last year? Um... Oh, yeah, uh, no, 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 in truth, it was better than we expected. It was. Yeah. Um, Mikel Arteta, as a leader of people, I don't know if you've seen the Amazon documentary. Uh, of course, yes. I mean, I'm blown away by him, and just look what we've done this summer so far. Three great signings, signing Declan Rice. The the future is... Why is Mikel Arteta a great leader, in your mind? I think he's learned a huge amount from Pep Guardiola, who's obviously a great leader. So he's had a great mentor. Yeah, and the way... Just watching the Amazon documentary, which admittedly is probably two years out of date now, the way, I mean, you, you only have to look at Declan Rice, who signed this week, the smile on Declan Rice's face, the excitement in Declan Rice, who's one of the greatest footballers in the country, to go and play under Mikel Arteta at Arsenal. Nobody wants to leave Arsenal. You know, there, there's been opportunities for people to leave. People are joining because of Mikel Arteta. And it's the, it's the personal way from watching the documentary. I think it's the personal way he deals with the individuals. Yeah, what a great leader of people, as is Pep Guardiola, obviously. Yeah, I, I did. I, I went to watch a game last season. It was fantastic. You know, you know the feeling and the vibe in with them doing well again. Yeah, there you go. So your favorite book is Tony Adams. What about any business related book? Or is there an iconic? business leader that you've learned a lot from yeah i mean i've read all of uh gonna, gonna pump bright sugars here i've read all of of brad's books and yeah i think as a series you, you can't beat those it's they're easy to understand effective you can put them into plan um and brad's been a great mentor for me um what what would you say that you that you got most from brad i i was with brad in bali and i think it was 20 15, I'm going to say 2015. That was the entrepreneurs. Yes. Yeah. Brett, Brad's a class, yeah. Brad and I were uh, in Bali a few days before everybody else. So I spent a few days with Brad and was learning a lot from him. We were socializing, yeah. but I was learning a lot from him. And then I went to Brad's three-day entrepreneurial masterclass. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna plug it here. If you get the opportunity. Is that is that, is that when you started getting your portfolio, by yeah. the way? After that, yeah. I left there with a complete different mindset. Went on to sell my business. Not long after that, that helped my multiple attending that with Brad. Um, that that I mean, I think I paid five thousand dollars to attend Brad's three day workshop. It's worth ten times more than that. So yeah, Brad, and I, the, with Brad, it's the easy way he explains it as well. You know, it's not over. By the way, if anyone's watching right now, listening or watching right now. It's not for sale at the moment. That isn't. But there you it's go. He, he might he might put on another one in the future. You should bring it. Yeah, here. Yeah. Bring it back, Brad. There we go. All right. So, what's your favorite movie? Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, that was so quick on it. Uh, why did you choose that? So, just yeah, I mean, okay. I'm not Jordan Belfort with some of those habits, but what a, what an amazing driven guy. Yeah. Um, who had fun along the way as well. Yeah. So cl nice, clean habits. Amazing driven guy. Yeah, so, without the bad habits yeah. of Jordan Belfort. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Uh, we. What about like you've you travel a lot? Where's where's been your favorite holiday destination? Well, that's a that's a good question. Um, 
would probably say the east coast of Australia. What? Yeah. Why? Why? Um. Why? Uh, you now I'm thinking of other places. Yeah. I, I d you know I don't go back to a lot of places. I just like I love going to new places. But the east coast of Australia, Hamilton Island, pure luxury. My kids were young at the time. They actually loved it. They're still on at me ten years later to go back. Um. To spend Christmas in, in Australia. Yeah, that was yeah. pretty special. Hamilton Island. Everybody can Google that right now. Perfect. Uh, right, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Um, to be invisible for a day. <laughs> go into all my businesses and see what actually happens. <laughs> there you go, Mr. Invisible. Mr. Invisible. Are you an early bird or night owl? Um, early bird. How early? Not as early as it used to be. You've got me there. I mean, when I was uh, when I was working, it was kind of four or five a.m. Now I would say six thirty. Okay, still pretty early, isn't it? For, yeah. For, yeah. So, but you see, you've always been that. What, what about on a night? Do you do any work on a night, or no? Were you on a night? But, I mean, I would do the the occasional WhatsApp message. Yeah. But after six p.m., I try and switch off. Phone, probably. No, no. I mean, the phone, the phone is always there. Um, yes, you know, anyone that has discipline to actually lock that thing away, they're doing well. But I watched the Elon Musk documentary recently as well, you know, and he was advocating your phone is a really good thing, you know, and there's a lot of people that, you know, on the internet that will say, you know, you put your phone away and digital detox and all. Um, where are you with that? Your phone is with you all the times? Phone's with me all the time, yeah. Um, you can't live without it. It's, you know, it is what you run your businesses on these days, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you, it's what you speak to your family on, it's what you speak to your friends on. Uh, social media helps you make decisions. Yeah. Can't be about it. No, I mean, uh, sometimes, you know, I encourage, we, we have some rules in the house. No phones at dinner. You know, my youngest daughter, she's 13, when she's doing her homework, no phone. You know, uh, the, the next generation's going to be worse with phones than we are. Yeah. Um, but no, it's, it's like a mini computer, isn't it? You need it. Yeah, well, it's in someone's hand at the moment. We've not quite gotten to Predator yet, where it's embedded into your arm, have we, you know? We will miss that generation. <laughs> um, three biggest trusted advisors in your life? Lucas Vigilante. Was he his coach? What do you get from Lucas? Why, why did you choose him? Um, Lucas just absolutely steered and continues to steer me in the right direction i would say yeah nice uh, who else rob my business partner yeah my financial guy um looks after all the finances in the business bar none um absolute best intentions and if there's a, the slightest concern it'd be straight on the phone to me honest as the day is long right and third one third one i would say brad sugars yeah, Brad was has been a huge help for me over the years. In yeah, I mean, hugely influential in in what I did when I sold my business, but also with what I've got on to achieve since then. Nice. All right. So, if you could recommend the first thing that people do once they've listened to or watched this podcast, what would it be? If you're a if you're a business owner. Look into business coaching, and I know obviously that's what action coach do, but I am a firm believer in that everybody that owns a business should have a business coach. 
is there a good performing sports person that doesn't have a coach? Is there anybody that's successful in any walk of life that doesn't have a coach? No. What makes us think we can be successful or as successful as we can be? Sure, there's plenty of people that are successful without a coach. How much more successful could you be with a business coach? Yeah, it was interesting, wasn't it? You named the three trusted advisors. So Lucas, you know, he's helped steer all the way through that and he continues to help steer you. Rob, all the finances, so keeping the finances under control and Brad for those strategic, savvy, high-level points that's going to make a difference in your life. You know, but you know what my favourite thing was from everything that you said today? Go on. It was, what is personal excellence? Is, and when you said it, you, you were very quick on it. You said it's happiness. Personal excellence is all about happiness. My favourite thing, you know, I've got loads of points that, that we've covered here. That was the one that stood out. What about you? What's been your favourite part of today? Um, yeah, I, it's it, it's reliving the journey and actually recognising those people that have been influential in that journey. Yeah, I don't speak to Lucas every day now. He doesn't he doesn't coach my businesses. I coach my businesses now. We do speak occasionally, and it it, it makes me remember the the huge influence that those people have had in where I've got to and the fact it's, it's a lot I wouldn't know and wouldn't have achieved without those people so it's, yeah I guess it's recognising those people yeah and appreciating it well there you go there we've had it thank you very much thank you thank you thank you